2: Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We got Rudo, AJ and Jesse here today live on a Monday, the last Monday of July, the last day of July for that matter. It is July 31st. Uh, you made it to August after this one and then you still have a long way to go before the next real hockey thing starts to happen. Ah, there'll be some sign. There'll be some stuff that happens in August. It won't be that bad, will it? Well, that's not a lot of confidence from the board. <clears throat> no comment. Yeah.
0: It's <laughs> <No> August,
1: <laughs> man.
0: Uh, okay. Yeah. Hey, I mean, we were all just saying, though, I am proud of us for making it this far into the off season without like we've had a little bit of goofiness on the shows, but like for the most part, we've kept it to like semi real topics. So good for us team
2: doing our best. That's for sure. Uh, anyway, though, uh, I did want to talk about a specific topic today, and I want to broach this topic in this way. To me, I can only think of one rule in the NHL that has never been broken. <laughs> now, obviously, on the ice, they have penalties that's built into the system, whatever uh, <laughs> off the ice, though. You look at all these things that have happened over the years. You see the Coyotes violating the the prospects' tryout rules. You have ridiculous things that lead to buyouts of, of players' contracts all the time, both legal and illegal. Uh, what else is out there? Teams can get fined by the NHL because they just said something that they don't like about George Peros. Uh, <laughs> my point being is... NHL teams and sports teams in general break the rules all the time. The NHL salary cap has never been breached. Now, I understand there are a million workarounds and teams do a bunch of ridiculous things to technically keep themselves under the salary cap, but no one has ever violated it. And it's gotten to the point where I think it was five or so years ago where Bettman even said, simply cannot happen. You a team cannot do it, cannot be allowed to happen. So, my question number one what does happen if a team doesn't manage the salary cap correctly?
1: Uh, I went and read um, one of the CBAs one time because I was curious to answer this question. Um, this is like two CBAs ago, so I'm not sure if this is still applicable but basically the league would void all of the most recent contracts signed until they got under the cap and it would just it would just consider those the the deals that they no, signed to push yeah. them across the limit they would just they would just be like nope just kidding those aren't in the registry anymore you have to do something to get under you have to do something to get under the limit so that uh the last time the last time I looked into it that was the answer that it that came about was that, that, they would just void player contracts until a team was there
2: okay is is that enough of a punishment is simply just voiding contracts or would there have to be like more
1: there would I, you mean,
0: to- I mean like that basically just like undoes the crime. And sure, and Punishes I mean, like,
1: the player too more than yeah, it does I, the team. Like that's that's that guy's livelihood and that's his paycheck. He's supposed to be getting paid, but now he's not going to be. Like it's I I think it's kind of messed up, and they would probably have a serious NHLPA grievance on their hands. Uh, but I no, it's not enough. I mean, it, you should do things like lose draft picks. Yeah,
2: okay. I mean, it's a weird situation too with that punishment, right? Like, if the last contract you signed was Austin Matthews, yeah, that's a crazy huge punishment for you as a team. If the last contract you signed was random AHL guy,
1: well, doesn't and, really mean anything. Like, if if it was a random AHL guy, like it would. It, I don't. I don't think it would matter. Like, but, you can always just send that guy down, right? Right. Yeah. And so you would be. You'd be like, okay, well, problem solved. If it's Austin Matthews that pushes you across that uh, across that threshold, and then you just try and start the season like, we're just gonna skirt these rules. Like, you can't. You've got to do something else. So you've signed Austin Matthews. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to do. You're not allowed to play a game until and and if it were to roll into the season it would be a forfeiture of games. So cuz you, yeah, I mean, you don't it have a go
2: that far cuz we've seen Vegas ice like 15 players to to technically come in under the cap. Like
1: mean, that's the point. Like that's their punishment is that they they made their choices and they decided they were going to roll with 15 players.
2: Okay? Fair enough. I guess uh,
1: a little bit of built-in punishment there, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, you're at a competitive disadvantage. You don't have four lines and three uh, defensive pairings and two goaltenders available to you. If you've got 15 guys on uh, that that you iced in that game, you're at a, you're at a pretty serious competitive disadvantage.
2: Uh, it's a bit of a tangent. I do want to get into the Toronto conversation in a little bit, but first, Mm -hmm. Jesse, I was talking to you about this. I don't know. It was last week off air, but has the salary cap actually really done anything as as far as the big conversation that everyone has is like, oh, well, without the salary cap, the rich teams would win the cup every Mm -hmm. year.
0: Is there really any truth to that? Uh, to that, I, I mean, uh, I think so. I mean, I, I think that was why we saw such a big shift after the salary cap was put in place. I mean, like, so, and there's two answers to your question, because I, I, I do think that we were in the middle of a very prolonged run of a handful of teams near the top of the league, and it wasn't necessarily like it is in baseball, where it's like the richest teams. It was who was willing to spend the money? So, I I think we've done a good job of getting away from that. And there is a lot more ebb and flow to the league. There's a lot more parody one through 32. But what I I think you're maybe getting at here is if you actually go back and look at the last 15 Stanley Cup winners and Stanley Cup finals, like there isn't all that much pair. There's not as much parody as we in hockey would like to blink. It was a I believe, it was a long stretch of the Blackhawks, the Kings. And the Penguins. And that was it for quite a while. And even still, all those teams have hung around near the top. So I do still think there has to be a willingness for your owner to spend, uh, you know, teams that are you you look at a team like Vegas. We've talked about them several times since they won the Stanley Cup. That's an ownership group and a management team that's willing to say and do whatever they have to do. So they're always going to be up near the top. Uh, They're always going to be up near the top in terms of dollars spent. And they're always going to be looking for ways to get out of bad contracts and circumvent the cap and things like that. So that, that's a team that, as much as fans don't like them, will probably be at the top for a long time because the salary cap, to your, the point of what I think you're driving here, Ruto, Like, there's ways around it, and, around it and people are finding ways around it. I think it has led to more parity in terms of who's in the playoff picture and who's out. But uh, you guys were both nodding along. I think we can all agree, when you actually go and look at it, the league does not have as much parity in terms of its champions. That's changed a little bit in the last, I'll say, three years. Really not as much parody as you'd like to believe. Even
2: even more recently, you had, as you already mentioned, the Chicago, L.A. leading into the Pittsburgh years. And then you had two years where it's like, all right, cool. St. Louis, Washington, this is great. No, Tampa. Right. It, right. it feels... And, and if you go look at it, this is pretty true of every major sports league where actual championship teams, there's rarely the parity that people expect there to be. Um, yeah. But I don't know <laughs> that you can solve that any better than has been already. The The salary cap at least prevents... Things like the 1980s Islanders, right? Like the Tampa is the closest the NHL has ever come to that. since
0: I, I would maybe say Pittsburgh. You could put Pittsburgh in that, and and they made it two. like
2: barely over halfway to what the Islanders did.
0: Well, I was going to say because they they had the two back to back. They also had one in '09. Um, but but no, you're you're right. It, Tampa's the closest we've seen getting to three, uh, and what is it, four in six years? Three in a row? Is that what it was? Or is my math way off? Uh,
2: for
1: the Islanders, it was four. No, no,
0: no, I'm sorry, for the Lightning, for the Lightning. Yeah, they, it, was, it was like
1: eight years. Yeah, it was like Oh, it was? Okay. Because yeah, it, it was 2015 yeah. that they You're lost. Right. you yep. uh, yes, yes, yes.
2: They were like the first team since the Isles to win 11 series in a row, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Then they lost. The um, answer, obviously, but yeah, so cool.
0: But yeah, so I I, I do think I, I think the league is better for the salary cap in terms of parity, and I do think you see a lot of movement in that middle group. You do see the ebb and flow of teams, you know, having to rebuild and stuff like that. But but it, it does at the end of the day, it comes down to a willingness to spend and a willingness to want to be competitive and to push and, and things like that because. The teams at the top stay the teams at the top for a while.
1: The floor helps too, uh, because it yeah. prevents like what you're seeing in baseball right now, where you know what's Oakland what's happening was with, full nonsense. Yeah. What's happening with the Oakland days is is a crime against professional sports. Yeah, um, and and the 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 floor prevents that from from being a thing where teams are forced to. Spend some kind of money, you know, obviously every year we watch Arizona trade for LTIR guys uh, to get there so that they can be like, well, we're, we're there. But like they are uh, they're an obvious exception to how how the league itself operates. Your sports team can't be a tax write off, at least. Yeah. I mean, 32 of them can't. And that's the other thing yeah. is that you've had two extra teams come into the league over the last six seasons you've had five different champions since in that time. So with Tampa being the only repeat. Yeah. And, you know, we may not, we may not see more repeat. There's nothing that guarantees a Colorado or a Vegas are Mm -hmm. going to get back to it. Yeah, for sure. You know, or a a Tampa Bay, like you look at Tampa Bay, they're, they're aging out. Colorado has its issues. Vegas has, has an age problem as well. And, (laughs) You know, you can look at Washington and St. Louis look like those eras are pretty, uh, pretty well done Yeah. uh, in terms of cup contention. Looks like they're, they're likely on the outs as well. So, I mean, you're, you're, you are talking about the expansion to 32 teams, I think has also played a pretty significant role that the, the aggressive expansion draft rules meant that there were deep cuts on good teams. Uh, and you know, the, uh, the dispersal of talent across 32 teams—that's, you know, that's 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 eighty whatever million dollars. It, it's eighty-one million dollars that two more teams are allowed to spend on their roster. So there's, I think there's a lot of things that play into it, but sure, I, the salary cap is has certainly, I think, played a role in in some of the, like Jesse said, the the parity in terms of turnover year to year of playoff teams not in champions that um, mm-hmm. it's not everybody loves to use baseball as their favorite. Oh, all you have to do is just buy a team, but it, it's there's no evidence to support that. So, well, you know, it's, it, it doesn't work in baseball. I don't think it would work in hockey either.
0: Do you, do you think it used to work in baseball, AJ? Because that has been like a long-standing stigma, stigma of the MLB. Is that something that you think has maybe, Gone away, and, and I'm going some somewhere with this. But do you think something's gone away in baseball? Um, so ha- I would make
2: the point Kinda. that I don't think you can buy a championship. You could definitely buy a playoff team. Uh, the
1: Padres keep trying. <laughs> the Mets tried. The Mets tried harder than anybody has ever tried in the history of yeah, professional the, sports. The
2: Mets are their own special
1: concoction of weird. Uh, I mean, you. You can't just be like, oh, well, those those franchises are cursed every time a team spends like crazy and is not successful. The Mets are selling their best players at the deadline after having like a $400 million payroll or what the hell ever it was.
2: The, the, like, the Mets definitely mess, messed it up, but you also have the Dodgers on the
1: other end, right? Well, one championship. Yeah, again. One championship, a I, decade of winning their division. One championship.
0: I don't think you can buy a
2: championship. You can absolutely buy a playoff team.
0: Well, well, and and where I'm going with this, is I I do think the salary cap in the NHL has forced a, a, a change in the way that managers have to do business. And I think that again, because you talk about the salary cap and the way that they explain it, it's supposed to lead to an ebb and flow of teams at the top, teams at the bottom. You draft high, then you come up through. You look at a team like the Buffalo Sabres, the salary cap in a quote unquote even playing field also does not guarantee that you will get out of the basement ever at you know with any kind of certainty. And that's how I think it is projected a lot is like, oh, yeah, well, you because of the salary cap, you're only bad for so long, and then you can move up, and teams have to lose players. And it's like, no, you have to know what you're doing. And I do think that the hard salary cap of the NHL has caused there to be. A new column of skill for a front office and, and and you know management to have that maybe isn't present in some of the other leagues where you know you we're talking about baseball. Even if it doesn't work out, if you have the money, yeah, you can just throw it at whatever free agent or trade or whatever you need to. Um, you know, the NFL there's constant restructuring and cuts and this that and the other. You aren't forced like. John Elway got away with being a general manager for how long because he was like, well, I'll just try something new next summer. And like he did. And he just, he kept trying new stuff. He won once kept trying new stuff till eventually all the wheels came off. But like, I just feel like in these other leagues, there is so much more flexibility with your roster construction as we're in the NHL. If you aren't a good management group, if you don't have a good relationship with your ownership and things like that, it drastically affects the product on the ice.
1: Yeah, I a mean of
2: rigidity the, for sure.
1: The thing the thing that remains true across all of these sports is that you can't outspend incompetence. Yep. And the the so Sabres. Good. The Sabres, uh, we've watched it, but your favorite example of this, Jesse, the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> they yeah.
0: just a great, it's don't a great know what?
1: what they're doing, man. <laughs> like they just they were they were gifted. The Connor McDavid lottery. They they got very lucky to get such a player as Leon Dreisidal at three. Those are the McDavid one, it's the easiest decision ever. Dreisidal, good choice. Good choice in what was supposed to be kind of a blah draft year. And they ended up with a Hall of Fame player out of it. Good work. What do they have to show for it? You it, know, it's, like it's the you fact just...
0: that they had those two players fall into their lap. Yep. Like that's the part of it that's so because to your point, you even give him credit for dry but like him turning out to be the player he did, those players free players. They found you up. You got unbelievable. They yeah. they are the luckiest draft team of the last 20 years. Joe McCarr at
1: number four is pretty nice.
0: Sure, absolutely. Just saying, but, but I get what you're mo- saying. Moving yes. up for McDavid in the lottery and then dry mm-hmm. at three. It's like, after having won it three years in a row, like, the fact that all they have is getting their asses kicked in the Western Conference Final to show for any of it, like, I I mean, it's crazy that anybody in that office still has a job. The other
2: side of this problem is that I think the Calip Cellar Cap doesn't answer a lot of questions and issues for some teams. But we'll get into that in a second. First, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Distillery, known as the highest distillery in the world. They were founded in 2008 and are mostly known for their blended bourbon whiskey, a high rye mash American style whiskey that has become a 9x winner of the best American blended world whiskey award. So it's pretty good put it that way. Uh, They know what they're doing over there. Uh, It's also a 4X winner of the Colorado Distillery of the Year. Uh, They make a lot of good stuff, not just whiskey. Uh, Their gin has won multiple awards too. So, you know, it's just good alcohol. That's where I'd I'd put Breckenridge Distillery at. Uh, You got to go check them out. Uh, They have a great guest experience. If you actually go down to their distillery, you can have a great time down there. Uh, Yeah, it's just an awesome time. Uh, they're also out at all of our uh, Broncos tailgates. If you want to come out this season as football season does start to ramp up so you can get yourself uh, some Breckenridge distillery whiskey to try. Uh, you can get all their products available in all 50 United States. You can shop your local liquor retailer or visit BreckenridgeDistillery.com for home delivery of their award winning Breckenridge spirits. Also brought to you by the folks over at kind love. You may think, The Edmonton Oilers front office might be participating a little bit too often in Kind Love with some of the decisions they make with how much they pay bad goalies. But for us that uh, don't have millions of dollars riding on it, Kind Love Turbo Sticks are a great product to put into anything. You just get a little spliff or even a regular cigarette. The uh, Turbo Joint is just a little toothpick that you can stick right in there. And all of a sudden, you got 100 milligrams of weed going right into whatever it is that you're smoking. So... You can have a great time on the couch making fun of the Edmonton Oilers if you want to. Uh, highly recommend uh, if you haven't. They also have tons of other products, including gummies, flowers. AJ, I know you're you're the gummy guy on the show, so mm-hmm. good stuff.
1: Oh, delicious and uh, worked. <laughs> they do the job to say the least. Very effective. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So, go check out Kind Love today. They're one of the oldest dispensaries in Colorado. They've been around since 2010. All of their stuff is farm to table. They grow it themselves, they do their own breeding process. It's all great stuff. Uh, you can visit their stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. And when you mention it, DNVR, you get the DNVR exclusive discount of 25% off all Kind Love products. Uh, you can also go to kindlove.com and use the DNVR code online ordering there if you want to see their full extensive menu. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. So I
1: wanted to get into this a little bit. Rudo, AJ. Can I, can I, since we're talking about the Edmonton Oilers, can I just remind everybody that the Edmonton Oilers are paying James Neal $2 million this year? Jesus, Are they still? <laughs> Jesus. <Jeez. laughs> And funnily enough, I think
2: the Oilers are actually an example of the salary cap appropriately punishing a team for being stupid. Yeah. But what it doesn't solve, and I don't want to make fun of Studio C too much here, so maybe I'll point out Columbus as a as the target instead of Winnipeg here. Oh,
0: Studio and C, that's so funny. There like, what are, are you talking about?
1: <laughs>
2: there are teams and locations that there is no amount of dollars that will make players want to go play there mm-hmm. yeah.
1: yeah, i mean that's that's a that's a unique challenge across all of the sports though some of the uh some cities suck man yeah i don't know what you uh, you know there are some cities that can overcome some of that like you look at you look at uh, the buffalo bills right now they're a they're a competitive destination for for players when they get opportunity because they're a really good football team. But for a long time, players were like, mm, I don't know about all that because they were the Bills, you know. And the NHL still has – every every sport is always going to have that problem of, you know, you players are going to prefer going to Miami and yeah. Tampa Bay and Los Angeles and New York and Chicago. You know, the draw to bigger cities, the draw in – in the NHL, the draw to Vegas and Dallas and Florida, warm locations that are also tax free, uh, or that are also income tax free, like yeah. good situations there. You know that that they that they have that those cities regularly have produced quality teams that are also competitive makes it even easier to go there. Like look at look at how easy it was for the Panthers for once to be relevant, to then just be like. Oh, hey, like we had one good year and now players are like, great, I'm, I'm lifelong Panther guy here. Mm-hmm. Please yeah. pay me, you know, and and that's there's nothing the salary cap can do about that. Like there's just not <laughs> it, some some cities are just not going to have it and they're going to have to find creative ways uh, to, to try to to try to work around that. And the, the the tried and true formula here is build a really, really good
0: team. Yeah, I was gonna say because it's it's not even so much of <laughs> that they don't want to play in Winnipeg. I mean, there are some players that just say I don't want to play in certain cities. But to AJ's point, it's that like they'd rather play in other bigger, better, warmer, uh, you know, more populated, more centralized cities. It's not just Winnipeg in a vacuum. It's we joked about this last year. You know, we were in Tampa Bay during the Stanley Cup final. I said, "How do? How does Winnipeg? How does Ottawa compete with this market? Like, h- how does Buffalo? If you're going head to head, you know, even even the you know bad example of you know good teams versus bad teams, even Arizona. If I'm a free agent and I've got Buffalo and Arizona offering me deals, like, how does Buffalo even compete from like a?" come live here standpoint and that's the part that that adds to all of this is i'm
1: i mean another good example here look at the difference between how players have treated calgary and edmonton each of the last couple of years there's an obvious draw to edmonton because you're going to go play with two hall of fame players where you can dream big calgary has really 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 struggled like calgary has badly struggled and is on the verge that they lost two of their best players last year they've got three pending free agents that they could that they could potentially be losing in the next year as well that would be three of their what five best players at this point point? Mm-hmm. and that's after they've already dealt tyler to foley like they are hemorrhaging talent and uh, i do think that there it's not a coincidence that a decent chunk of that talent is american post COVID we're seeing American players prefer to leave Canada in a way that they weren't pre COVID. And so I think that had an impact as well, but you do look at, you do look at how Edmonton is still able to attract talent and it's because they've got special players that are, that are signed there that guys know, Hey, I might be able to go and be the last piece for them. I might be able to push them across that finish line and, Calgary doesn't have that going on. Winnipeg doesn't have that going on. Ottawa doesn't have that going on. Toronto has never really struggled. I mean, over the last, I don't know, like, let's say like eight years, they have not struggled to get free agents to play for them.
2: Toronto's problem is much less that, right? Obviously, everyone calls it hockey mecca. Every Canadian kid wants to play there, unless you're from Quebec, then you want to play for Montreal, but... It, yeah, it, The problem Toronto has is kind of almost on the opposite end where people do go there. They get absolutely obliterated by the media for their entire time there. They say, I'm never doing that again.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've talked to Jesse about this a few times um, when the avalanche have acquired certain players that are not super media friendly. And I say, yeah, look where they've been in their careers. Mm. Look where, Look, look where – I mean, Arturi Lekanen has no interest he's in the, dealing with the media. He's the best example right now. No interest. India for sure. And coming out of Montreal in his, in, in his entire career, of course he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, those – that that's, that's that double-edged sword of playing in those cities is you want to play in a place that cares. You want to play in a place that's sold out every night in front of passionate fans that live and die with it, but they also go – hilariously sometimes dangerously overboard with with some of the nonsense and the media feeds into some of that stuff so you know like those media environments for those two cities are unique challenges that aren't quite the case in the other ones but canadian canadian markets in general are just totally different (laughs) you know when the abs were bad you know, in the media, we would always laugh because when a Canadian team would come to town, the locker room would be full. And that was the only time that happened was when Canadian teams showed up because all of their media would come with. And every one of those teams had so much traveling media at the time. And obviously, Toronto and Montreal were <laughs> another like, level. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was well, like 40 so people. We, we just talked about this on a show. I think it was last week. But AJ, it's exactly what you're talking about. The abs played the Canadians this last year on like a Wednesday in January, you know, just like right in the middle of the season, right in the middle of the week, a nothing game, opposite conferences. Uh, you know, Montreal was already out of it at that point. And I mean, I think there, there was over 10 traveling media from Montreal in Denver that week. And that's a huge number of yep. traveling media.
1: Jesse, how many traveling media people were in Tampa Bay when the Avs won the Stanley Cup? How many avalanche traveling media oh, were
0: there? Oh, I was like, well, that. Like, um...
2: Is it under over 10? Uh,
0: <laughs> I, th- I don't think that we have 10, like, consistent media. That's the or point, it's yeah. right at 10.
2: And this is for the cup final compared to a random game against
1: Colorado. Yeah. Seven, eight. Well, he counts those. That (laughs) that median, the immediate environments, they're just a totally different animal. And they have like, and some players love that. And some players. mm -mm. Some players are like, I'm never doing that shit again.
0: I think we have nine with the the late season edition of the hockey news having a regular person uh, on the beat. I think that put us at nine. So I think it was seven or eight in the cup final. There you go. Yep. Uh, I mean, I take that back. Because, I mean, like, Romy was there with Channel 4. Like I mean, like, th- there was some of that stuff. So, I mean, it was probably right around 10. It was probably right, right around 10, give or take one.
2: And Toronto makes the second round and they have 40.
0: Right. I mean, dude, like I said, there was more traveling media media for Montreal in the middle of the season last year than. And this isn't a dog on, I mean, I love the abs media. Like I, I love everybody that we that we get to work with. They were all just there in problem. Tampa. All of them were there. Point being, there were more people traveling just to cover the Canadians in the middle of the season of a losing season just sheer numbers-wise and there are even in Colorado it, people that
2: cover the apps. As AJ was kind of alluding to, in, in some ways, it's actually a perk of, of a team like Colorado. I think, totally. AJ, you tell the story about Kadri's first day here, where ah! he talks to the media for two minutes, looks around, and is like, that's it? Yeah!
1: He was, <laughs> I'm done? Like, it was like a gift. That he got to be funny, then he turned around and went him right back, back to a to- Canadian market. <laughs> yeah. But you know, forty nine well, like, million dollars, and, man. And
0: then <laughs> on the flip side of that, too, like it, it is, I I seriously laugh sometimes because you know we'll get you know not not anything crazy, but like you know we'll get a little three four minute one on one with Kale McCarr purely because there just aren't a lot of people at practice that day or more whatever, and like when canadian media comes to town or even just national media if it's if it's a national game for the abs tnt or espn there's so many people here you're not getting nate miko kale none of those guys by themselves and so to your point it it is funny because like this is a big sports market sports not just hockey big sports market there are i mean bona fide elite superstars on the team the best defenseman on earth and there are days where it's like hey there's only three of us here kale do you mind if i get you up for five minutes and it is just this i would have to imagine that that is something that's appreciated we don't let guys just like completely off the hook they still have to deal with media they still have to talk to guys things like that but nothing compared to what it is in other markets
1: yeah
2: so there are other other things in the salary cap that do matter is, is the point I was trying to make uh, with this section. And on that note, make sure you sign your contract with Volo while you still can. You can still get into summer leagues until August third, so make sure to go over to VoloSports.com/Denver today. Get yourself signed up. Get yourself into a fun league. Volo is the largest social sports company in the U.S. The best part is we all play as adults so that kids can play free. Their Volo Kids Foundation helps provide sports camps for kids that need it. Uh, the NVR crew is in the kickball league. You can sign up for ridiculous numbers of sports. I'm not even going to rattle them all off because it's too many. If you know of a sport that gets played, you can do it with Volo.
0: If you know of a sport. Yep. Name
2: one sport, I dare you. Uh, uh, you could do it all over Denver, all sorts of cities and towns. I don't districts, neighborhoods. I don't know what the right word is. Uh, any any part of Denver in the surrounding area, you can you can play with Volo. The metro uh, area. Yeah, metro area. Sure, great
0: districts uh, makes it sound like you're asking people to sign up for the hunger game yeah
2: it felt it felt a little bit too <laughs> serious for sure.
0: sign up to represent your district with volo it's like no i'm by good. the way they take <laughs> you out back if you lose yeah 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 <laughs> don't lose
2: uh, you can sign up today if you want to test it out. Their beta pass is just $10 a month for the first three months. It gives you unlimited pickups, drop-ins, and tournaments that you can just show up for. They have social activities every single night. Again, the summer registration closes on August 3rd, so you only have a couple days left to get in on it with your Volo Pass. And when you go over to volosports.com Denver, use code DNVR10 to get $10 off your purchase. And when you go out there and you're enjoying your Volo sports, make sure you're doing it in your Shady Rays. You can get your Shady Rays from ShadyRays.com today. Amazing sunglasses. I actually have a pair ready to go right here. Check these out. Are these not cool? All right. Do you not feel cool when you see these, either because I'm cool or you're way cooler than me? One of the two. These have to be the options. Uh If you don't like these sunglasses, they have dozens of other styles, though. They have something for everybody. Uh, You can go over again to uh, ShadyRays.com to order. And when you use code DNVR and get two pairs of sunglasses or more, you get 50% off your entire order, which is dope. And then my favorite part, if you break them, you lose them, or you just don't like them in the first 30 days, they will replace them for completely free. So you'll find something you like eventually uh, when it comes to Shady Rays. Uh, They also have a brick and mortar in the Park Meadows Mall. If you don't want to go to ShadyRays.com and use the DNVR code, go check them out. Over 250,000 people have given them five stars. Uh, Third period, the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I did want to bring this back in at least a little bit relevant to the current NHL situation. We were talking about Toronto. What are they going to (laughs) do? mechanically, they're $12 million over the cap because of their LTIR situation. They're really only $2 million over the cap, but that's still $2 million that they need to shed over the next 45 days.
0: I saw a thing that said if they constructed their roster correctly, they could get there with a roster of 20. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. But you're you're sending down people that have to go through waivers at that point, right? Hey,
0: like... I'm 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 with you. I'm with you, <clears throat> and I don't know. I'm gonna be refreshing Twitter for the rest of this show while I after I say this, but like, I thought I heard people saying that Austin Matthews was gonna get that extension done a couple weeks ago. Does anybody else get the sense that, like... I mean, Rudo, you and I talked about this. I don't like what Toronto has done. This feels like they they were desperate to try to find some kind of identity, so they went and signed a bunch of guys who went hard against the longtime philosophy of the organization while still holding on to, like, the last core. This feels too much mix and match. Yeah,
2: you're halfway through the doorway, and you're sitting in it.
0: Right, and, and I just... Gosh, I just half wonder if Austin Matthews isn't looking at this and saying, "Uh, let me see how this goes first. Because it feels like Toronto doesn't know what direction to go and they're trying to figure it out on the fly.
2: Uh, uh, The Toronto Maple Leafs are two years away from having no core. There's a very real possibility that two years from now, Matthews, Tavares, Martyr, and Nylander are all gone.
0: Mm,
2: that won't happen. I, I don't how, think in how either. long? Two years. I I think at least two of those guys will stay.
0: Who Tavares and Nylander?
1: Yeah, we know little Mr. Blanky Man's not going anywhere. <laughs>
0: Probably though. Um, he's also 30, he'll be 34
2: at the end of that deal. Like,
0: <clears throat> I, I mean, I mean, honestly, and this is gonna sound dramatic, but like I would have liked this summer more had they decided to move on from Matthews and Nylander and like go with an all new identity. It it's still just you keep hearing like, oh, there was such an issue beyond the core four. All they cared about was the core four. Well, they didn't really do anything to solved that they just added a bunch of like gritty depth guys
1: yeah well and they i mean they're in a bad cap spot because they gave david camp an inexcusable contract yeah like we look at we look at miles wood getting a six year deal and we're all like what the hell was that right right but like david david camp is like a like barely an NHL player <laughs> and they gave him a four year deal like they and Ryan Ryan Reeves gets 3 years. The Ryan Reeves one was the what the hell? <laughs> like how many times how many times do you see management groups do this where they are desperate, this is their last kick at the can because half of their starting goaltender, half their defense and roughly half of their forward core are all free agents next year. And some mm-hmm. of those guys are pretty good. They can't. They can't hemorrhage those kinds of losses. Even if they give Austin Matthews fourteen million dollars, they're gonna lose some of those cats because they gave him fourteen million dollars. Mm. Like they, we've we've seen management groups do this where they say, "Okay, we've changed our we've changed our general manager now, and now we are," uh, you know, you said trying to find an identity, but it feels like they are, hey, we're gonna we're going to do what we can here to try and salvage this last season of this group. We may not have them moving forward. The Nylander thing sounds like it's been a real grind mm-hmm. and it's going to be tough. So I think that, uh, you know, you, you can understand like where their thinking is and we want to get tougher. We want to get harder to play against. We want to get grittier. They got worse.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And then the moves that they made on defense, yeah. You guys watched John Klingberg and said that's our that's what we need. Well,
0: I I told Rudo I said uh, on a show we were doing. Reason uh, yeah. I said of of all things, the Toronto Maple Leafs headed into the off season. Do you realize what number on my list John Klingberg was in terms of stuff the Toronto Maple Leafs need? <laughs> like in the thousands, like in the deep thousands. That's where he was, and that was like a July one signing for them.
2: Oof. it's it's not great it's the so here's the the tough part about it for me is this just the new normal in the nhl where you put yourself in this situation as a team and then you literally just start giving players away
0: um i, I think Maybe. that's going to be the the, the the new way to get out of it i i think I think the league is going to break into two kinds of groups and this is going to sound super homery, but you're going to have, and there's multiple front offices that are like this, Tampa Bay, Carolina. You're going to have front offices that are run like the abs, very consistent. Everyone knows everyone's pulling the rope in the same direction. Everyone's bought in. There's a connection from the GM down to the coach, down to the captain through the rest of the team. And those are the teams that you see kind of have that sustained success where I do think you are going to see what you're talking about is as teams realize it's not working. I do think you're going to see teams less afraid to just tear it down. We'll try again. And we'll throw a bunch of money at players that do something different. And if that doesn't work, we'll tear it down. We'll try again. Well, whatever. I do think you are going to see teams be more aggressive in that front, but gosh, I hope this isn't how the league is run. It's not fun.
2: I, I think it takes a lot of the allure away of from the trade market for me of like teams making these blockbuster deals and teams trying to balance out trades and now you're getting, hey, you guys want this
0: guy for free because we can't afford him anymore.
2: I just don't.
0: Now, I, here here is one other thing that I actually had a friend mention to me, and and it seems kind of obvious, but I hadn't really. Like I knew it, but I hadn't really considered it. I think we're we're also in a phase where you're seeing a lot of what you're talking about specifically giving players away for literally nothing. I think a lot of that is in part to the fact that a lot of these contracts that guys are now being given away for, bought out of whatever came before Covid. When everyone thought the cap was going to keep going up, so they gave out contracts the way that we talk about them now. Well, and two, three years, that really won't matter that much. The cap will have gone up, it'll be equaled out some of that money. Now, that's not every situation, uh, but there is a lot of the stuff where, where I do think we won't always see stuff this extreme where it's literally just players for future con- max patch getting traded for future considerations. Like, we're not going to see that type of stuff because the cap will start to go up again with consistency as where teams kind of budgeted out for that. And now for what, three, four years, it's just been nothing. Yeah. So I would think and hope that a little bit of this has to do with COVID stunting the cap so hard.
1: It definitely does. Yeah. That that flat cap, man, I mean, especially, especially this, this year, Mm-hmm. Um, I think really, really hurt teams. And they were I mean you look at we had the most uh what the most punitive single buyout ever this yeah. year with OEL in Vancouver. Like tough, like tough uh decisions have been have been made by some guys and we've we've seen new GMs come in and not be afraid of all at all of making those hard choices and just saying this is how we're doing it get them out of get them out the door you know, and Suter
2: uh, in Minnesota yeah
1: yeah uh Bill Guerin in Minnesota with Parise and Suter but you also look at what Barry Trots did in Nashville Matt Duchesne and yeah. Ryan Johansson weren't getting it done at eight million apiece great now they're eating a bunch of that money so it's um it's it's certainly been an interesting couple of years as teams have just had to accept them. How badly do we want out of this?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I mean Vegas, Vegas was like, we love Ivan Barbashev. Thanks for everything, Riley Smith, but I... <laughs> get away from me now. You know, like <laughs> it's 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 weird to see some of it, um, honestly, because some of these decisions you're just like Okay. Um and I do I do think that you're going to have you're going to have some crashing and burning um in the next couple of years as some of these you you know certainly you look at I think Vegas, Dallas, maybe Tampa Bay as as teams that are getting old. Like like big Damn. time pieces are getting old and starting to age out. You know, what what's what are teams going to do with some of those contracts if guys really fall off. So I think it's um I think it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't like it. It's not very fun to watch teams just give it away. It's not. It, it makes it makes it makes it hard to, to roast people's rosters when you have <laughs> guys giving away second line centers, you know, and just being like, why would a team do this? I still don't lines. know why Nashville I don't know why Nashville did anything that Nashville did this offseason.
2: It makes Uh, no sense to me. If there was, like, a plan where they said, you know what, we're just going to launch into a rebuild, I'd get it way more than, let's just shuffle some guys around.
1: Yeah, like, let's get rid of of Rijo and Matt Duchesne and then hand a four-year deal to Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. It's weird. Like, I'm... It's very, very confusing to me what some of the teams... Like, you under, you understand where Ottawa and uh, Detroit are coming from. Spending money, saying, we want to try and get into that postseason. We want to try and get, we want, we're tired of it. We've drafted, we've developed, we've got young guys. Let's, we're going for it now. Is it foolhardy because both of them are probably going to fall flat on their faces? Yeah, maybe. But you want to see teams doing that. As the, in, in, in terms of the league and the competitiveness and all that, you yeah. want to see teams go for it. You want to see them get that, you know, that we're not doing it. You know, is the league better because Kevin Shovel Dayoff has played his, his hand really, really smart up to this point with, with the Jets and only moving PLD because that was the one he had to move this summer and waiting it out and seeing what happens and building a pretty good roster? Like... The league is better for that. The league is better because St. Louis refuses to rebuild and wants to continue to try and go for it and go for it and go for it and get in and see what can happen. You want that. You don't want what has happened in baseball where 10 teams every year. Just don't try. They don't try. And then you have it's like nine teams because you don't know what the Rockies are doing. (laughs)
2: <laughs> but it's, Trying it's, is not it
0: Yeah. It,
1: well like they're like trying But they're like lost right <laughs> So it's, it's just Trying
0: like, to find their mom at the store They know what they're trying yeah. to do but They don't really know
1: <laughs> Yeah like their goal this year was like We're gonna be a 500 team and it was like why
0: Dude, my, One of my favorite things this year Is going to um Patrick's Twitter page And <laughs> that's his pin tweet is reading that and then reading whatever the next immediate tweet is that he that's on his page. Cause it's usually hilarious. We think we can play 500 baseball this year. The Rockies are down 19 to one. Like it's, it's, it's so funny every time. Uh. Uh,
2: there's two more things I wanted to touch on very quickly here. One Does anyone know what's happening with Matt Murray in Toronto?
1: It's a weird story, right? He was cleared to play. He was healthy for the postseason, and now he's dead. I mean, it's the same thing. We saw this last year with Mike Smith in Edmonton, where he played the whole postseason. He plays for them. Is not very good is a salary cap problem for them in the summer as they try and improve at that position. And mysteriously can no longer play hockey. Ken Holland just comes out one day and is like, oh no, his career's over. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) huh? What? (laughs) And there was no follow-up on it. Like, Mike Smith is just gone now. He's just, bye, Mike Smith.
0: I was going to say, I would love love to talk to Mike Smith and be like, what did you think of all that? Well, Do you like, want to I like, retire? I would just want to be like, what happened? Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, because we have seen a few of these cases. Look at, you know, the Canadiens go to the Stanley Cup final. And Shea Weber never plays again. Yep, Like, that's it. it you know, he he guts it out to that point, And now it's just. Done. Shea Weber's done. Yep. He's been traded twice since then. <laughs> so it's a. Uh, it's 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 weird that some of these guys just disappear like that, and they're just like, "Well, we're good enough. We're good enough to play. You know, we're healthy enough to play in the postseason, but we will never ever play again." Like we could be seeing the same thing with Cape Landeskog. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I mean, and what's crazy is that dude was a monster in that postseason. Yeah. And you're like, really? You're in too much pain to play? I just, like, just come back for the postseason every year, dude. <laughs> right.
2: Really take abusing that LTIR cap space to the next level. <laughs> yeah.
1: Really do it. Like, like take the extreme example and just be like, you'll never play another regular season game again. Um, you know, we, just come. You need when...
2: at most, like, 25 games a year. at
1: it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Dude. Like, six weeks, man. Just give us <laughs> six weeks a year. We'll keep paying you the seven mil. It's all good, baby. It's all good.
2: Uh, The other thing, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but you're looking at a team like Toronto. Is there any way the abs can get involved and be a vulture to some of these teams, or do they just not have the ability to really do that at this point?
1: I would just wait for Connor Timmons to go on waivers. (laughs) Like, that's my plan.
0: I would love that.
2: Okay. So, more of a waiver hunters than anything. Yeah, and
1: wait for Arizona to reclaim him, and then just be like, "Why did we go through this whole thing in the first place?" <laughs>
2: well, all right. Terrible idea. That's all I got for for a salary cap show. Anything else you two want to add? I'm good. I don't think so. All right, I, great. I'm
1: I'm curious. You mentioned football season getting going. Are you guys like excited at all for football season this Not year? Not even a little bit. Between Sean Payton and the Broncos, and then Dion with the Buffs, is there at least some curiosity from two people that normally don't care?
2: I will say the comments this week from Sean Payton have me a little bit more interested <laughs> in so calling spicy. calling Hackett's the worst coaching job in like NFL history. I'm like,
1: okay, all
2: right, that's interesting. The team oh,
0: on did you see uh, Aaron Rodgers today?
1: No, it was yesterday where he was. shit, all over, yeah, he shit all over Sean Payton,
0: Cla- clapping back. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> um, sets up for a really fun Week Five between two teams that really want to be good, but who knows if they will be? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm. I was just curious. Like, I'm. I'm curious to see how it goes. I'll definitely. I will. Football has my interest through the end of October this year <laughs> We'll see after that but I want to see I want to see how the Dion experiment in Boulder goes I'm actually very excited to see that because I have see- no concept no coach has ever tried to use the the transfer portal this way I have no idea how it's going to go and I find this whole science experiment fascinating so I will be interested in the buffs this year the see, Broncos. I-
0: I just have no interest in the, in the buffs. Same. Like It just, I, I wish I did because it all sounds very exciting, but like you, you just, you couldn't pay me to get excited about that.
2: I, so I get it. I get why people are excited about Dion. I get why the concept of it for CU is super interesting. I get the whole cult of personality thing. But every time I log on to Twitter and I see his account and he's just tweeted the word "win," I don't get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't follow him on Twitter. That kind of that kind of like walking, like 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 his Twitter account kind of looks like those motivational posters. Yeah, that exactly. Put up in school when we were kids. You yeah. know. Yeah, that. The difference between ordinary and extraordinary is that little extra. And you're yeah, like, yeah, all yeah, right, yeah, we yeah, got it. Like hanging off a cliff. Yeah, got it. Yeah. yeah, like that stuff, that stuff, like, missed me with that, man. Like, I'm <laughs> not interested in that. I'm not watching any of Dion's, like, nonstop, like, documentary teams yeah, following it's, him it's around. It's so stuff.
2: much, dude. It's so much. I don't
1: care about any of that, man. I'm purely curious about how do you take a 1-11 football team? transfer like 95% of the roster out of it transfer in all these other dudes recruit better than you ever have and mix it in like i'm just i'm just curious it's a it's a grand experiment that hasn't been tried before so um that yeah. kind of stuff you know you never you never know i'm um i'm i'm pretty um uh, pretty interested to see how it goes and then you know the Sean Payton Russell Wilson thing eh, who knows like Russell Wilson's such a cornball but <laughs> it would be it would be cool to see him actually like
0: have not be a weenie.
1: Have, I, mean, I just want to see I just want to see them be successful. I would I I want both the Rockies and Broncos to be good. I want Denver to be the ultimate I, sports town. Man, I
2: desperately want the Rockies to be good, man. Desperately.
0: Yeah, it'd be dope. It'd be dope if they were good, but
2: they ain't. <laughs> Uh, on that note, go get yourself a Breckenridge Brewery Palisade Peach. Uh, you got to drink something in the summer to get through a Rockies game, at the very least. That's for sure. Uh, Broncos, we'll see. I have slightly more hope for them, but come November, you could you could be needing some beers. <laughs> slightly. <laughs> Either way, get your Breckenridge Brewery beer anywhere in the 50 United States. Use the Breck Beer Locator online at breckbrew.com to find it in a liquor store near you. Uh, reminding everyone, coming up this, well, I guess it's not August yet, so it's still technically next month. August 18th, we'll be doing a live show from the bar. Hanging out down below, you can come listen live and then come hang out. We'll do a little meet and greet with people if you want to come say hi. Come hang out, have a good time with a bunch of uh, a bunch of hockey folks. It should be fun. Uh, anyway, we're going to get out of here for the day. We appreciate all of y'all hanging out with us on a Monday at the end of July. Four more shows coming your way this week. So keep your eyes peeled, keep your ears open. I don't know. Go follow us on Spotify. Can you follow people on Spotify? I don't know how Spotify yeah. works. I uh, We do have podcast format as well, if that's your thing, driving into the car or otherwise. You can listen to that. We appreciate y'all and we will see you on the next one.